The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeal Sports Columnist. I'm joined by Jason Munns, our Tiger Basketball Beat Writer. Uh, We are coming off an exhilarating uh, weekend for Memphis sports, but... uh, and Memphis basketball was part of that. A thrilling 87-86 win over Ole Miss uh, at FedEx Forum. It was an awesome atmosphere. Uh, it was the best this Memphis team has looked without James Wiseman. It was just a all around a really encouraging uh, showing uh, given the circumstances. Memphis knocks off an SEC team that made the NCAA tournament last year. and And I think kind of dispel you know obviously they're going to be better with James Wiseman in the lineup but Saturday felt like uh reassurance that they're going to be okay without him for these next I guess it's nine more games now is that right yeah yeah, Saturday's performance whatever uneasiness there was I think that erased it like yes they're 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 not as good without Wiseman who wouldn't be without the number one potential number one pick in the draft but this team's good enough to beat some good teams here uh, in non-conference play and set the stage for a great conference run once James Wiseman comes back. I'm curious, Jason, what your impressions from that game were. Well, you say you say they it was the best game without James Wiseman so far this season, but I'm not sure that it wasn't the best game wire to wire, even. When he was in the lineup, I think again, wire to wire. Well, given complete. the competition, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I just it, it, they looked really good, and they looked they never looked lost. They they you can see the progression. There's there's a tangible, um, you know, when you compare Saturday's game, Saturday's win, eighty seven, eighty six, uh, victory over Ole Miss. When you compare that to say just even a week or two ago, I mean, they look markedly better, and um, I. I and the other thing that I wanted to note about the uh, the Ole Miss game was it shouldn't have been that close. I mean, obviously, no, they're up the... sixteen in the second half. They were dominating yeah. the game. Like they they really controlled. It seemed like the last probably eight to ten minutes of the first half and the first eight to ten minutes of the second half. They were dominant. It yeah. was that was as good as they've looked. That's as good as a Memphis basketball team has looked in a long time. Yeah, I yeah. would say. Yeah, and yeah. obviously, I mean, this is kind of what you just have to deal with with freshmen. They had not been in an environment or in a situation like that where they had to close out a good team with good guards. And so, obviously, down the stretch, there were some uh, tense moments, none more so than that. Uh, I mean, I thought the play where Brian Tyree, uh, with five seconds left, gets fouled and probably should have been a shooting foul, but (coughs) Memphis catches a break. Yeah. And it's called a non-shooting valve, but that it kind of encapsulated the the level of growth that the level of detail that this team still needs to, I guess, uh, sort of just learn or or sort of master. Because Penny had wisely they're up, you know, they're up three, and so Penny had wisely told the team during a timeout, like, let's foul him in the backcourt and make them shoot free throws here because the clock is in our favor, and Alex Lomax. 
just overran the play. Tried it, to, I, it looked like he maybe went for the steal or whatever, yeah, but overran the play and didn't foul like he should have. And then him and Tyler Harris fouled Tyree late. Yep. And it was really it was our bang bang play. And I think I think if the the way it was called, Ole Miss fans were upset. And I think if it was called the other way, Memphis fans would have been upset. It was that sort of close of a call. Yeah, it could have gone either way. Um and so Memphis catches a break there. But yeah, it shouldn't have been as close as it was. But at the same time, when you're relying on this many freshmen and young players, growing pains like that are expected. And honestly, when you still pull out the win, they're welcome. Like they sure. learned, they got the win and they got to learn something about how to operate down the stretch. Um, and then let's just go through individually because I thought there were just a lot of great individual performances in that game. Um, let's start with Precious Achua because it was his best game as yeah, a Memphis far. basketball player. He finally resent like it's not that he played poorly, but he had not looked like the lottery pick he was billed to be. And I don't even know if even in this game he was because he was doing. But what was really encouraging, and Penny mentioned it afterwards, was how he got this double double. What, what, what was his exact line? Was, Got it right here. Uh, he said about Precious. So what was his? What was Precious's exact stat line? He oh, like twenty-five tw- points, eleven rebounds. What, I think it was. What, what I loved about Precious's performance is he wasn't trying to do too much for the most part. Yeah, he was just he saw, he had an advantage down low. He was more athletic and better than any of the Ole Miss big guys, and he dominated them. I loved seeing that. Yeah. Um, now is that gonna? be the type of performance that helps his draft stock, I'm not sure. But that's the bad... You know, to me, as Penny said afterwards, read the line. I thought it was a great line. Well, he said, uh, I think early on he wanted to score more. He was kind of ignoring all of the dirty work. I had a lot... He said, he said, I had a long talk with him mm-hmm. yesterday, meaning Friday before the Saturday game, because I know who I know who he could be and where he wants to go. Where he wants to go, he has to do the things like he did today. He locked in, never took his eyes off of it from the beginning of the game to the end. Like, I think Precious's greatest asset right now, are, assets are his athleticism and sort of his relentlessness. Yeah. When he really puts his mind to it, like he was relentless on the glass he on was. Saturday. He was. Now, to be a lottery pick, is he going to have to be an outside shooter and someone who can create off the dribble? Yeah, probably. But I'm not sure that's... I'm not sure that's really what Memphis needs him to do. And that's going to be the balance for this entire season with these guys who are, you know, trying to, you know, obviously when you have this much talent. Uh, And on Saturday, and Penny mentioned this as well, what was encouraging is guys like Precious didn't seem concerned about anything other than beating Ole Miss. And, And it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. You could tell they were having fun. Um, and, and some of that fun caught up with them. I mean, DJ said it after the game, they got a little wild. Yeah. I mean, not to say that DJ Jeffries had another impressive performance himself. I mean, he he was, he was great. I mean, he's, he's not, I wouldn't say has, hasn't shocked, but I've definitely been caught off guard with how I thought he'd be a good college player, but I didn't think he'd make this type of impact this quickly. And it's been really, he's been really impressive to watch and and you can see now like you watch him at times and you go okay that's an NBA player mm-hmm. um with his length his athleticism if he just 
gets his cranks up his shot just a little bit more, right, right. Um, he is going to be one heck of a player yeah, at the college level. Yeah, he he sees the floor really really well for yes. for a guy like him. I mean, and and, and and the other thing is he's gotten in better shape since high school. Yeah, but I still wouldn't say he's in elite. Right shape. Right, he's got. And once he does, but like he's already playing this well, and he's not right. in elite shape. And you just when he when he gets his body all the way there, um, it's just you're you're just it's amazing what he's done so far. He's been he he's arguably I mean other than Wiseman the best player on this team throughout the season. You could make that argument, and he's just he's only played six games. I mean, let's keep yeah. that into in into perspective. I mean. You know, improve his body, improve his shot, play a few more. You know, get a little more experience, and then it's it's pretty scary when you think about what he, the potential that he has. Yes, I mean he's got a lot of room for growth. I, I said he, this on already during really the game. Good. So he's he's cousins with the Lawsons. I think he's got the he certainly has the highest ceiling of any, if you want to say Lawson family member, um, and he's got the chance to be the best player of the bunch. Um, he he. He's just he's got a lot of different tools in his toolkit that he, you know, over time once he masters them, it's it's just a really it's a really impressive skill set that he potentially has there, and and Memphis has really needed him and he's delivered early on. Yes, um, and then the third guy who really stood out was Alex Lomax. Um, it was his best college game. He looked like the Alex Lomax of the East High School days. He was just commanding the floor. His passing was just awesome. He was setting everyone up. He was the best he was the best point guard on the floor. And I include that that's saying something when you've got Damian Ball, you've got Boogie Ellis, and then you also had Brian Ty- Tyree and and uh uh Schuler, Devontae Schuler. Devontae Schuler yeah. On the other, the only guy better than him on that in that arena yes uh, on that day was John Morant sitting courtside. <laughs> yeah. Only better point guard. Right, right. And he hit big buckets down the stretch. I yeah. mean, it was just there was talk this offseason after his kind of rocky freshman year. Man, is Alo even gonna get minutes? Uh yeah, he's gonna get minutes and honestly. He looks like the best point guard on the team right now, and he looks like the guy, the the one guard that you know you can count on right now. I mean, obviously he's not as as um, well. Actually, Penny said it about Tyler Harris. He said he's not perfect, but he could also have said that about Alex Lomax. Is he perfect? No, but I mean, as evidenced by the what he called the boneheaded mistake that he made by whiffing on on Tyree there late in the ball game. But I mean. I went back and watched some of the some of the game uh, on the on the recording and the 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 hail mary pass that he threw you know uh, what twenty five yards almost thirty yards down the down the court um, that that ended up in DJ Jeffrey's hands. I mean, you know, that was just a fantastic play. Uh, I mean, I think he finished with seven or eight assists, and and they're not easy assists. These these you know these are these are some really high level uh, some really high level passing that he was. Um, that he was doing on Saturday and, and, and it's not, this wasn't just a one game sort of flash in the pan situation. He's been very, he's been quite good all season long. Now he hasn't necessarily, um, filled up the stat sheet the way he did. I mean, he had 14.7 assists, uh, a few steals, I think six or eight rebounds, something like that. He hasn't, he hasn't filled up the stat sheet quite that well. Um, and obviously the, um, the, the level of opponent, you know, it, it 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 looks better when you do it against a team like Ole Miss, 
but um, this he's been good all year, and uh, you know it's it's very encouraging uh, out of Alex Lomax, a sophomore who's who's just been you know he's got intangibles that are that are really playing out very well, very nicely. You for, need for, on a teams with this much talent, you need guy. We talked about this with Damian Ball. And Alex Lomax is the same way. He's he's a guy who does a lot of things and doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands to do them. And it's invaluable. And then I, we should mention Tyler Harris because sure. he was the only guy who could hit a three-pointer for Memphis in this yeah. game. And, and the shooting is getting a little concerning. Um, and it gets a little more concerning. We'll get into Lester Quinones' injury here in a second. Um, but... Yeah, he, hit, he hit some, and he they were important threes, particularly yeah. like I think they were all in the second half. One was in the first half. The, it, was, it was two in a row in yeah, the second half, yeah, yeah. including one out of a beautifully designed play by Penny out of a timeout. But um, they're going to need they need. I mean, it, it it's becoming. I don't think we can just say it's a it's a slump or a blip. They need they're going to need his shooting because right now. Um, they're just not getting. They're not hitting enough outside shots, and teams teams are going to adjust to this. They're going to see more zones. They're going. To, they're going to see more defenses that collapse the paint. Yep. And so, Ty, Tyler Tyler's contributions will be very important moving forward. I think. Yep. And I think you're also, but you're also going to need. You know, you may see guys like DJ Jeffries start to shoot a few more threes. Lance Thomas start to shoot a few more threes. I mean, they're. You can't just stop shooting them. I mean, and, and, and what's weird is they kind of did. I mean, like when Ole Miss was, what, 8 of 10 or something like that from 3 uh, in the early going um, Saturday, I think Memphis had only attempted a couple of threes up to that point. It was it was way lopsided. Um, and so I don't know if, if that was the game plan or not, but you can't just stop shooting threes uh, with, with a team that has players on it like Tyler Harris, Boogie Ellis, um, players like that. So I, I wonder if, uh, and you alluded to this with, with uh, Lester Quinones' injury, I wonder if you know, you're going to start seeing guys like DJ Jeffries take a few more threes and whether they're going to let Damian Ball take, you know, start taking some shots. Um, I don't know if I want Damian Ball shooting threes. Dam- Dam- Damian, that was an up-and-down game for him. The other, he, he made some some passes that made they were head-scratched, trying to do a little too much, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, again, freshman. That's okay. That's, that's what I happens. Mean, yeah. Boogie's not shooting the ball well. Um, although I, I am, I have, I have been uh, impressed that he has doesn't seem to be letting his shooting woes affect the other parts of his game. Right. But they need him to be a better shooter, and particularly now. And let's just go right into it, Jason. You had the news this morning. Uh, Lester Quinones has broken his suffered a broken hand of some kind. He's going to see a specialist here soon and um he's out at least it sounds like four to six weeks maybe the timetable will change but he's gonna be out probably until january it appears and uh lester had not been shooting the ball well but he'd been a really valuable piece was doing a lot of little things for this team it was was good defensively a big guard who could rebound was I thought better off the bounce and passing the ball than I expected. Um, and now I will say, I will say that it was, you know, he didn't play most of that Ole Miss game and they still right, won. Right. So 
it's not the end of the world for this team, but essentially you are now down two opening night starters with him and Correct. Wiseman. And and worst of all, he's not going to play in the Tennessee game. And after all the the Huge awesome bummer. trash talk he had Huge. been talking to Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams and UT fans, Huge. that's just a shame that we're missing out there. I, I mean, mean, that's that 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 was the second thing that came to my mind, other than <laughs> other than you know like the nuts and bolts of the situation. That was the very first thing after that, that came to my mind. It was just like, I mean, like we've just been, we've been building up, you know, and that was such a strong component to the, to the whole buildup. And now, so how, so here's my question for you, Jason, how will Memphis adjust? How do you expect Penny will adjust his lineups without Lester Quinones for the foreseeable future? Well, in, in Saturday's game, they went for a, significant stretch of the first half with Alex Lomax running the point. They moved Damian Ball to the three, and they played uh, quite a long stretch with Alo at the point and Tyler Harris at the two guard. Um, and then I think it was I think it was uh, Precious and Isaiah or Lance at the five. Um, so that's my first inkling that, that you know, I, I think Alo is probably going to move to the point. Uh, I think you'll see Boogie. Ellis stay at the two. Damian Ball will probably move to the three. Interesting. That's a, that's the lineup you think. I mean, that would based on what we saw in the game the other day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems to be the most likely. Unless it, it, to me, it depends on whether they're willing to move Precious to the five. I mean, if they move, if they decide to move Precious to the five. Which they previously said they're not necessarily that wouldn't be ideal because he's not comfortable there. Can, can I make a comment there? I've never understood this whole precious because like Penny's whole thing is that it's a he plays positionless basketball, and the positions are really only defensively. I think it's just it sounds like to me it's a precious thing. Like he's just there's a comfort level of saying he's at the four now down the stretch of that game. He was the five. He was the five, yeah. and I think that's what they're gonna. I mean, like. I'm going to be honest, like playing like I've just not been impressed enough with Lance and Isaiah to give them minutes, big minutes over someone else on this roster. And to me, the bet to me, the best close, the best lineup is DJ at the go a little smaller and put DJ at the four and precious at the five. And then whatever you want to do, whether it's. Whether it's Alo Tyler and Damian Baugh, or Alo Boogie and Damian Baugh, or uh, Boogie Tyler and Baugh, that to me is your best line. Am I forgetting anyone who really sh- should be playing? I mean, like Ryan Boyce, I think will get some more minutes because of this injury. Yeah. But ultimately, like those are to me, those are your best. That's your best group there. Yeah. yeah. And um, here's my thing: the thing that the thing that I wonder as far as what Memphis is going to be thinking. Uh, you know, regarding this whole um, this whole situation is, you know, do you want your first guys off the bench to be? I don't know. It's it's tough. Like, do you want uh, Isaiah Maurice and Lance Thomas to be your first guys off the bench? Or, or no, I'm not saying you start. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm gonna be honest. I don't care who he starts. I'm just saying when when it gets down to it in the last oh, yeah. ten minutes, okay. these are the like I, I honestly could. I don't care who he starts. Like if he wants to like if it makes Precious happier to start at the four right. and you play Maurice or Lance Thomas at the five to start games, go for it. But when it gets to, to me, crunch time. To me though, yeah, down the stretch in the last ten minutes of the of games, oh, yeah. I don't want to like I mean, until they prove otherwise, 
I don't I don't think you want to play. I don't think you want to give minutes right. to Isaiah Maurice and Lance Thomas. It's like frankly, DJ Jeffries and Precious Achua are better rebounders than both of them. I would agree with that. And Precious Achua, they're both equivalent rim protectors. So far, so so far, there's no reason to think otherwise. Um, and so it's it'll be it's going to be a loss because because Lester had really done a lot of little things, but I also think like if you're if I think Ball can make up for some of that yeah. with his tenacious I mean, uh, listen, sort of attitude. You and, alluded to it. Lester Quinones hasn't been shooting the ball very well, and so I, I don't know that that's going to be as much of a drop-off in the shooting department from Lester Quinones to Damian Ball. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to – we haven't seen the best Lester Quinones has to offer, uh, for with, you know, in, his, in terms of his perimeter shooting. So – it's not like we're necessarily. It's not like as a fan you're going to necessarily miss it. I mean, mm-hmm. if if Damian Ball doesn't go up, go out there and light it up every it's night. It's just another player you can I really agree. count on in the For rotation. Sure. And I know Penny's been playing a lot of guys, but ultimately this oh, is like hurt. A, this is like a nine man team it's when hurt. it comes down to it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and you're losing one of the nine after having already lost. A yeah, big, a big one. Yes, on top and of that. so the first, I guess, I really think the Ole Miss game was kind of the first test of this because you 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 played a big chunk of that game without Lester. Yeah, and but now you've got NC State on Thanksgiving Day, an NC State team that is was expected to be a, an NCAA tournament team this year, and they returned, I believe, six of their six of their. Uh, Six of their seven leading scores from a year ago when That's they right. were an when they were a uh, when they were an, an NIT team and um, it's one of those you know just like the old, you know there's only so many of these these types of games on your non conference schedule it's we we've gone through two of them now and Memphis is one and one with Oregon and Ole Miss and you've really only got left this game Tennessee and Georgia yeah. in terms of games against. Power five, whatever you want to call, ma- you know, major conference opponents in non-conference play, and uh, this will be a test for them. It'll be, it'll be a not a not a road game like the Oregon game kind of felt, even though they're. This will be a true neutral game in Brooklyn. Uh, probably a weird atmosphere because it's on Thanksgiving afternoon. I'm not sure how. How many do you think will be there? Like a thousand people, maybe max. Maybe more than that. They'll give. Out, I would think they'll give out some comp tickets and yeah. stuff. I mean, it's gonna be it. They, they, these these games are always a little strange, right? Um, I don't know how. I don't know if NC State has a big North Carolina or New York uh, alumni base. Like when Duke goes to New York, there's a big alumni base there. But NC State is more of like a North Carolina school than than Duke. Right, right. So I'm not sure. I, I think it'll be a weird atmosphere. It's going to be similar to when Memphis played Texas Tech in Miami last year. Right. But just because. But again, like that game was also overshadowed because I believe it was the same day as the AAC championship game for football. But that game. Like if Memphis had beaten Texas Tech that day, and they almost did a year ago, they could have made that could have been something that could have gotten them in the tournament, maybe NCAA yeah. tournament, because like obviously Texas Tech ended up being great, right? And so this could be a similar situation. It's going to be a little overshadowed because it's on Thanksgiving Day, but it's obviously a a team that if you can win. It's a it's a nice, especially after coming off the old Miss game. If you can if you can put this one in your back pocket, that's gonna 
it's going to really help you see. This is the type of game that's going to help you seeding wise in March. Oh, and and just confidence wise for this for this young bunch. I mean, no Wiseman, no Lester Kinyonis. I mean, you're like you said, you're coming off the uh, the, the 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 wire to wire uh, win over Ole Miss, and yeah, if you could, if you can go into the Big Apple on the big stage. Um, you know, on a day when a lot of people are going to be watching sports on TV and, and show that you have what it takes to, to hang with these teams. I mean, listen, NC State scores, scores the ball pretty well. It's, it's interesting. You look at Kempom, Memphis is 43. Yeah. NC State is 44. 44. Yeah. Um, NC State lost to Georgia Tech in overtime to start the year one at loss. home. Yeah. One point loss. But they haven't Although really that's played. That's not any- a great Georgia Tech team. And then they've reeled off five wins, but it's over Detroit, FIU, St. Francis, Alcorn State, and Little Rock. Yeah. Not some so. Good teams. Yeah. They have it. And they, they're beginning a big two game stretch. They have big three game stretch. Really, they get, their next three games are Memphis, Wisconsin, Wake Forest. Um, so they're pretty good offensively, from what I could tell. Defensively, yeah, they're nineteenth in offensive efficiency, 79th in defensive efficiency. Right. Um, you look at their team. I mean, Markel Johnson is probably their best player. Um, he's forty eighth in the country in assist rate. And to give you an idea, Alex Lomax is fifty ninth in yeah. assist rate. Um, they've got CJ Bryce, Devon Daniels, Jericho Helms. These are all guys who have played for them. Like this is a much more experienced team than Memphis. Probably their best defender, I would say, is Manny Bates. He's a six eleven guy who has. Mm -hmm. He's uh, a freshman. Yeah, and he's got he's got quite a few blocks. I think twenty two blocks. He's he's third in the country in block percentage right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So nobody, you know. But outside of him, he doesn't score the ball very very much, and I don't think he rebounds very well, or he hasn't yet. But, um, but so yeah, I mean, I think. This might be a, a shootout type game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this looks like it's gonna. I mean, their their tempo, they're 89th in the country in tempo. This this will be an up and down. This isn't like the Ole Miss game, but like, look, the Ole Miss game. Turn Ole Miss wanted. Down. Well, Ole Miss wanted to play. They were playing a slow style, and Memphis sped them up. Yep. And so, and those were two senior guards that that Ole Miss threw out there. So, uh, this this will be a good matchup, a good test for this Memphis team. I know, you know, like I said, I know this. This NC State team lost to Georgia Tech, but they were they are coming into the year they are expected to be a, yeah, an was, NCAA tournament te- type team. They got votes in both uh, preseason mm-hmm. polls, so yeah. I don't so, think they have any now. But so yeah, and it'll it, it'll be it'll be a fun one. You're going you're going to be up there in Brooklyn for Thanksgiving, right? I will be. Okay, I have will you, be. Have you decided what you're going to do to celebrate Thanksgiving? Because uh, you're in Brooklyn. No, and I I, I think I'm just going to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm supposed to get there like Wednesday, late Wednesday afternoon. And, um, yeah, we'll scope some, scope some things out that day. And you ever been to New York? I have. Okay. I have. Good. Like, uh, it was actually the, uh, uh, the benefit concert for Hurricane Sandy, uh, was there that week. They had like the 12, 12, 12 benefit concert at Madison Square Garden. That was, that was, uh, the, the, the thing, thing I love about the Barclays Center, they have this they have an elevator for the buses. It's amazing. It's like the biggest elevator I've ever seen. Like, cause basically, cause it's like, you know, it's, it's in the, like the heart of Brooklyn in a lot of ways. Like it's a limited yeah. surface area of the arena. And so for the buses, there's no like ramp to go down underneath the arena for the buses. What you do is you uh, bus, the bus pulls in and then this elevator lowers it down to the event level of the arena. 
And wow. so it's literally the biggest elevator I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Are the are people still on it? Yeah, I- yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, at least cool. I think so. Cool. I've never actually used it. I've just watched yeah. it lower down a bus. Okay, when I've covered games there. Neat. Um, and it's a co- it's a cool arena. It it has got like a L.A. vibe where like the spotlights are on the on the floor and it's dark around the edges. I bet they'll close off the upper deck for this one. Yeah, um, and it's not that big of an arena. It only seats like it's more. It's like got a lot of suites and it's a little more intimate than oh, your yeah. typical NBA arena. Right. Um, and it, it's a cool place. And then from what I understand, when I've been there, I went there like three, four five years ago when it first opened the first couple of years it opened from what I understand, like the surrounding area now it used to be, there was nothing around it. And now the surrounding area, there's, there's food and shops and, and all sorts of stuff. I had entertained the possibility of going to see the Macy's. Don't do Day it. Parade. Don't do it. No, it's not worth it. I'm I know, telling you right now, it's not worth it. Well, I determined it, it didn't take long for me to realize. I've I, I've never been, but I know people have been, and they go, it looks better on TV because like the floats and everything, they yeah. look huge on TV. Those right. balloons and all that stuff, and they 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 don't look good in person. You're huh. like, it just doesn't. It's just not the same. So it's and not it's about cold. The crowds. It's cold. Well, that, that adds to it. It's like you you've dealt with all these crowds and the cold, and then you get to the parade, and you're and then the parade starts, and you're like, ugh, I should have watched it on TV. Yeah. And not you know, like, I'm just don't do it. I know. I, that that was it. the determination that I made, but. I did briefly, you know, that's like it could be like a once in a lifetime thing, you know. I don't, you know, who knows? But I don't, don't like do it. I don't like crowds very much, so I'm gonna I'm gonna steer clear. It sounds like you'll be good in the Barclays Center if you don't like crowds. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> um, before we go, I should update a uh, little little Wiseman update for you. So obviously James missed his third game. Uh, he's gonna he 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 won't return until January twelfth. pending appeal and so the news I have on the appeal the appeal by Memphis was filed this past Friday we're recording this on Monday and from what I've been told the hearing will take place on Wednesday so the day before the NC State game so my expectation is we will know next week at some point whether he got the appeal whether the appeal worked or not um, whether he got the got any games reduced, I'm just gonna say my gut and my educated guess is the appeal will be to no avail, and it'll he'll this the length of time he has to sit out will remain unchanged. But um, confidence level on that is. I mean, I just, I'm just saying, like, I just don't, I I don't really know. I mean, maybe they've got someone who's good at persuading the NCAA to consider things i just don't know i don't know what argument you're going to make to the ncaa to convince them to lower this because they're going by their penalty matrix plus the three games he you know the only the only way you could maybe convince them is this is not fair to james because the school made a mistake by playing him those three extra games but if you look at the ncaa rule book again this the, the rule book is finicky but it says like those the the nine games is the part that he could get reduced. Those three extra games are punitive because Memphis played him when he was, um, when he was played him against NCAA's wishes, essentially those three games technically according to the rule book can't be reduced 
Oh. Because they're punitive. Oh, I was going to say, like, if it were me and I was arguing for Memphis, I would say, listen, say, just punish make us, it nine. vacate those wins. But that's the problem with their argument is, like, the only way to reduce it to nine would be to reduce the nine that, according to the penalty matrix, down to six. Yeah. And I don't think the NCAA is going to be willing to do that because they don't want to – they're not trying to – the whole point of this is the, NCAA, is the NCAA does not want other schools to do what Memphis yeah. did here. Yeah. And so uh, – but we'll see. Maybe – like I said, maybe Memphis – is much more creative than me and can find an argument uh, to convince the NCA to lessen this punishment. Um, it would be nice if we could have, if we're not going to have Lester for the Tennessee game. I mean, it'd be nice if we could have be James, but I don't think that's realistic. Do you think we could sue the NCAA for depriving us of covering James Wiseman for 12 games? Yeah. I mean, it did, it did hurt our, uh, it probably has hurt our, uh, I mean, our image. I don't know. I, f- I feel I feel wronged somehow. It would be great if Robbed. a fan like sued the NCA for yeah. like you know emotional damage, or at least a portion of their <laughs> season ticket price. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like I, I don't. You know, uh, if you're nice. if you're planning to do that, let us know. We'll write a story. Yeah, about that'd be it. awesome. Um, all right. Well, Jason is gonna head to Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna cover the Memphis Cincinnati football game on Friday, but I'll be watching and. Uh, and we will uh, reconvene here next week and break it all down for you. Uh, till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason Munns. Thanks so much for listening, and have a happy Thanksgiving.